All right, who's ready to learn about the Lord this morning? Say, yes, me. It's us. So, Father, we just bow our heads this morning, and we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to come in your house, God, boldly and full of faith. We've gathered here today as your word uh, declares, uh, and we're going to, Father God, learn about the word of God this morning And I pray, Lord, that your anointing would be upon me, that you would separate me from myself. I pray that it would only be the voice and power of the Holy Spirit that comes through this microphone. I pray that Damien will be left behind, God, and that you would empower me with the same spirit that Jesus Christ has to feed your sheep this morning. I also pray for the hearts and minds that are listening in-house and online that they would be changed by these words. This word is alive, and I pray, God, that this word would come and strengthen, feed, and encourage all that hear these words, and that their faith will grow mightily. Jesus, you show us the way through your word, for you said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and none comes to the Father except by me. So as this word is giving a being presented this morning, there is a portal that's being opened, a light that shines to our feet and our path that we may follow in the in the light of Jesus Christ to forever leave darkness behind, that we might spend eternity with him through your truth that will be displayed this morning. I pray, God, that every heart would be attentive, and I pray that, Father God, that these words that are planted this morning in your church cannot be stole by the evil one. I thank you that the fruit of this message will be returned 100-fold, God, by every listener in the building. May we be radically transformed in our minds by your word so that we might live a life that pleases you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Church, can you say amen? Well, praise the Lord. I am so grateful that you are here this morning. I see a few first-time visitors, and God bless you and thank you for being uh, in New Life Christian Ministries today. Those that are watching online, if it's your first time watching, if you could just type first time so that those that are watching along with you can greet you and say hello. So we have been learning about how to live our lives in Christ. Can you say in Christ? We have no business after we have become saved of trying to live life on our own. Our life is now to be lived through Christ. And the major catastrophes that we face every day are when when we fail to be obedient to the leading of his spirit. Say this with me. I am not my own. We have been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ, and he is our Lord and Savior. So many of us desire that he be Savior because we don't want to be uh, lost forever without him. But if he's going to be Savior, he must also be Lord. And if he's Lord, that means that he is the ruler of your life. Many times when Paul opened up his testaments or the letters that he was writing, he would say, I, Paul, a slave of Christ. That is how we live our lives now as slaves to Christ. Slaves don't do what they want to do anymore, but sometimes we do. 
Slaves don't dictate what the master does. The master dictates what the slave does. So I think the majority of the time, we have to say, Lord, am I leading or following? We fail when we try to lead God instead of follow him. So today we're going to talk about learning our purpose in Christ. We've reached the purpose portion of life uh, and rest. And we're going to talk about the power of the cross. I tell you what, Christianity becomes very weak without a cross. Without a cross, there is no salvation. Without a cross, there is no power. And today we'll be talking about the power not only of the cross of Jesus Christ, but the cross that he's asked us to carry as well. So, as we learn to live in Christ, we must also learn to die in him. Then we'll be, we will be empowered to complete our glorious assignment. Church, can you say assignment? Remember, we talked about assignments on last week. Your assignment is your new purpose in God, in Christ. Before you came to Christ, you were, you were living your own life, doing your own thing. It was all about you and your glory. But when you come to Christ, you leave that life behind, and now you shine for him so that others that are living in darkness might come to Jesus Christ through you. I posted, on, I posted something on Facebook a few days ago that said this, the reason that many of us are afraid to die is because we're not dead yet. And true death is not the absence of a heartbeat, but sin. When sin in you is dead, that's when you're really dead and alive to Christ. And that's the power of the cross. Without the cross, without picking up your cross and denying yourself, you're still a sinful creature. If you're still doing everything you want, if your whole life is full of yes, 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 I'll say this, yes, I'll watch this, yes, I'll go there, yes, I'll tell her off, uh, yes, I'll refuse to pray right now, yes, I'll watch TV instead of uh, reading the word. If you're never telling yourself no, then you have no cross. And if you have no cross, you have no power. Our power comes to us through Jesus Christ as we deny ourselves and allow him to live in us. And many, when Jesus would talk this way, they would say, man, this dude is not dude, but this man, this guy is, is preaching hard. Like, who can live like this? And Jesus warns us, listen, before you say you're going to follow me, you better count the cost. You better see exactly what it's going to cost you, and we've got to go the way of the cross. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. Listen, this message may not be easy on the ears. This message may have uh, our toes being stomped on, but I'd rather hear the truth and be saved than have a preacher preach uh, candy-coated messages to me knowing that I'm going to be lost. Listen, every time somebody preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ to you, you should be challenged if it's really the gospel. It should be a call to die and say, you know what, there's some stuff in me, there's some junk in me that I don't like, and it's got to die. And as I uh, posted that post, some conviction became, uh, came upon me to say, you know what, I still got some dying to do. How many of you ever go through your Christian days 
and you find yourself doing something or saying something, and you say, you know what? I guess I'm not quite dead yet. Where did that anger come from? Where did that attitude come from? Where did that desire come from? I guess I still got some dying to do. And if we got some dying to do still, that means that we're not quite dead yet. That means that we've got to get back on that cross, die to ourselves so that Jesus might live. So we're in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. It's going, we're going to learn about sharing the victory of the cross. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, and I got to pause there because I pray that every one of you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, that he is your Savior, that you have renounced your sins, that you have asked for forgiveness of your sins so that Jesus Christ is sa uh, has saved you. Because here's the thing. Sometimes we can't wait to the close of the service. What if Jesus comes back before the altar call? Right? So he needs to be your savior as you sit here. So as you sit here, you can just pray to yourself. You don't even have to come to the altar. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I confess that you are Jesus Christ and my Lord. I accept you uh, in my heart. I believe on you. I believe on your name. Thank you for saving me. Because this message is for those that have done that. Okay? And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. So being saved and a follower of Jesus Christ is not just a one-time deal. It's not that you just say the sinner's prayer and then go on living the lifestyle that you were living before. Now, listen, Christians will sin on occasion. Okay, because the Bible says that if any of us say that we have no sin, then we are liars. Okay, so Christians will sin on occasion. Thank God. All right. Thank God there's that clause in there that I'm, I'm, I'm not only the imperfect one, that sometimes I'm going to mess up. But here's the difference. Okay, Christians may occasionally sin, but we don't live a lifestyle of sin. Sin is not our lifestyle anymore. And when we sin, we get it right with God and say, Father, forgive me, I have sinned against you, okay? Sin is no longer our lifestyle. Do you know why? Because we no longer have a sinful nature. It should really, really disturb you and bother you when you sin. Because when you sin now as a child of God, it's not your nature anymore. Before you were a child of God, sin didn't bother you at all because it was your nature. But when you become a child of God, sin really bothers you. Why? Because you've got a roommate on the inside of you. And that roommate is Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit can be bothered. The Holy Spirit inside of you can be troubled when you enter into sin because Light and darkness have no fellowship together with each other. Let's continue. So now that we've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, we must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. It's all about Jesus. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. That's part of our, uh, our mission this morning in this word is so that our faith will grow strong in the truth we are taught and we will overflow with thankfulness. Let's go on to verse 8 now. This is very important. 
because this, uh, there's a lot of this going on. You just don't even know. I mean, if you're not a Christian watching the news uh, and you don't have the spirit of truth living in you, you're being pulled in so many directions. The world, the media is just like, uh, just like right now, okay? I, I'm a man of God. I'm a servant of God. And I've got a microphone, okay? I've got the Holy Spirit in me. So right now, I am projecting truth to you, okay? This is God's way of getting truth to you, okay? So for the most part, the media is, is, is rooted in the kingdom of darkness, all right, the media, I don't care which one you watch. So there's no righteous network, okay? So don't, don't be wearing Fox t-shirts or CNN t-shirts. There's no righteous network, okay? The only righteousness comes from the Bible. So if they're not quoting Bible verses and scriptures on the news broadcast that you watch, it's not coming from God, all right? And here's the thing, here's the thing about God's got me preaching about the news. I'm sorry. Here's the thing about the news. They have an agenda, and you can watch, you can watch the same, okay, they can talk about the same thing, the same event, but one news network will say this about it, another news network will say that about it, because their agendas are different, okay? So listen, we don't follow the patterns, uh, we're not being conformed to the pattern that the news is trying to give us. I'm not trying to say don't watch the news, I'm just trying to say Watch the news through the eyes and the ears of the Holy Spirit so that you don't be moved astray. Because I like to see it, even the world, even worldly music, even sinful music. You've got to understand, okay, that the devil is the prince and the power over the air. So the airwaves, the, mu the music, the media, our phones, all these things are the broadcast of his station, okay? So if you really knew, if you really knew that the news, the TV show, or the music that you were listening to was being broadcast from hell, would you watch it? Not at all. So here's what you have to understand. Just like God has a messenger the devil has messengers as well, and they will put out their agenda to lead you away from God because one thing that we can all agree, whether it's Fox, whether it's CNN, MSNBC, all of them have some somewhere entwined in there some type of anti-God agenda. It's anti, let me move on because I'm getting some glares and stares and he's talking about Fox. All right. Let's get these crosses out. God, are you with me? I need to ask a question. Do any of you have stones under your seat? Am I safe? All right, no stones. Let's keep moving. There's only one truth. Can we agree on that at least? There's only one truth. And his name is Jesus. And if Jesus isn't saying it, it's not the truth. Okay, let's keep going. Don't let anyone, that's, that's how I got here, listen to this. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers. Do you get that? 
the news, and even our coworkers that don't know God. They're speaking nonsense. And where is this nonsense coming from? The Bible says that it's coming from human thinking. And where is this human thinking rooted in? Spiritual powers. There's always a force behind the face. If you were to, and I just got to say what I'm hearing right now, okay? If you were to tune in and you were to watch the news, and as you were watching the news and you saw that face of the woman or the face of a man, and you saw a demon appear, would you keep watching? No. Here's what you have to know. Okay, listen. All of you have a Holy Spirit filter on the inside of you. And so when you're hearing things and you say, "Mm -mm, no, I don't agree with that. You should not be agreeing with everything just because it comes from a Republican. You should not be agreeing with everything just because it comes from a Democrat. You don't agree with anything unless the Holy Spirit gives you a yes and an amen that that is the truth. Do you not understand that that is how we will be led astray because what the world is doing now is calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil. So be careful. All I'm saying is don't receive everything as the truth if the Holy Spirit convicts you to say, you know what, that's wrong. All right? Amen. You can be mad at God because that's not even in the sermon. Let's keep going. All right. Verse 9. Okay, we got, we got to say this again. Don't let anyone, anyone, no reporter, no family member, no politician, no uh, co-worker, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world. Do you understand that it's demonic in nature? Yes, they have a face of a man or a face of a woman, but it's human thinking that's connected to a demonic power because it is connected to this world. Look at the end of the verse. Rather than from Christ. Amen? For in Christ. In where? For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body. So you, are also, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. So if you are a Christian, that means that the sinful life you used to live has been cut away because the desires have been cut away. So if you still have sinful desires that rule you, then you have to pick up that cross again and say, God, there's some things in me that are trying to come up. I haven't had a taste for alcohol in 25 years, but yet I feel 
feel like drinking. I haven't had a smoke in 30 years, but yet I feel like smoking. And that sinful nature, because the devil's always trying to pull you back. He doesn't like that you broke up with him. He wants you to have the same destiny that he has. So when those sinful desires start to rise up again, you've got to say, Lord, I need to be freshly circumcised. I need to be freshly crucified. And that's what the power of the cross does for us. It rids us of our sinful nature and allows the divine nature of God to be shining on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. Verse 11. Verse 12 now. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life. That'd be a good name for a church. Because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead. Remember what I said? Uh, and I try to, uh, if I, when I post something on the social media, it's either going to be something funny and silly that comes from the heart of Damien because I'm allowed to have a personality, okay? Or it's going to come from the heart of God. The Holy Spirit's going to lead me to say it. So that's exactly what happened when I said that. Some of us, the only reason we are afraid to die is because we're not dead yet. True death is not the absence of a heartbeat, but of sin. And then I saw this verse after I posted it. Listen to this. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ and he forgave all of your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Now listen, I don't believe that a Christian can be possessed by a demon, but I do believe that a Christian can be influenced by them. Do you hear what I'm saying? We can't be possessed by them because we're possessed by Jesus Christ, but we can still be influenced by the demonic. However, when we share the burial and the, and the baptism and the, and the life of Jesus Christ, every power and authority in this world has no grasp over us anymore because we've died to where they can rule. We've died to our sinful nature, and now we have a new divine nature in Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. There was a time in the Bible where they said, Jesus, the only reason that you have the power over these demons is because you get your power from them. And he said, no, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So if Jesus cannot be influenced or infilled with a demon and you're a, you're a Christian in Christ, neither can you. Now, even when Jesus was walking this earth, there was still demonic influence around him. You don't believe me? Peter said, this will never happen to you, God. You will not have to die on this cross. And, and Jesus said what? Satan, get behind me. That's how he dealt with demonic influence. And that's the same way we deal with demonic influence. We say, Satan, get behind me. But if you're not full of the Holy Spirit and ready to receive and recognize truth, 
You won't see Peter being influenced by the demonic. You'll think, that's just my friend Peter, and maybe he knows what's best for me. But Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You only want what you want and not what my father wants. Be careful of your relationships. Be careful of your relationships and the influence that they have over you. You don't just automatically do something because it's your, it's mom, it's even husband or wife, it's boss, because you have to understand that there can be demonic influence around you, so you allow the Holy Spirit to give you discernment. Can you say discernment? I'll tell you what discernment is. Uh, there's a difference between the smell of fresh buttery popcorn and burnt popcorn, isn't there? Your nose can discern and say, uh-uh, I don't want none of that. That stuff stinks. Your nose has the power of discernment. Your spirit does too. If you'll be led by the spirit, you'll say, you know what? That thought smells demonic. That what you're saying to me is not of, you don't have to say this out loud to the person. I'm just saying, you smell it. You sense it. You say, you know what? That's not of God. I, I love you, but that's not something I can do. Just because you hate her, mom, I'm not going to hate her. Just because you don't like this person, Sally Mae, that's a loan company, isn't it? Just because you don't like them, Sally Mae, doesn't mean that I have to not like them. Amen? Let's keep moving. All right. So, um, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed. See, Satan has no power. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. His victory came on the cross. Our victory comes on our crosses. If you are a true power-filled and powerful Christian, you have to have a cross. If you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to pick up your cross daily and deny yourself. Why do I have to deny myself? Because I'm denying the sinful nature access to my body anymore. I'm denying the power of darkness to have any influence in my life anymore. Without a cross, I'm in control. Without a cross, Damien comes back alive, and it's no more Christ that I'm following. I'm following my own passions. If you want to be, a, I'm not going to say if you want to be a better Christian. I'm going to say if you want to be a Christian at all, you have to have a cross to deny yourself on. You should not be telling yourself yes to everything you want to do. Let's continue. You must be good because you're quiet. Accepting Jesus Christ as Lord. So we're going to break down some things in Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It said there that just as we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, we must follow him, let our roots grow down in him, let our lives be built on him, and then our faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So we're going to break down those verses. The first thing we're going to break down is accepting Jesus Christ as Lord, and what does that mean? Because it will be absolutely pitiful if in Texas, let's just say we were all in Texas right now in a church, okay, and all the power is out in our community. And I invited you all to the church, and I gave you brand new power generators with gasoline. And then you leave this church, 
and you leave the generator behind and you go home and you freeze and you're hungry and your family's in the cold, all because you had the opportunity to receive the truth and power, but you left it here. It's no different than what's happening now. Some of you are here, your body is here, but your mind is somewhere else. Your body is here, but you're not really receiving anything spiritually right now. I think you need to shake yourself awake because how pitiful would it be to have come to church all these years and have heard all these messages just to stand in front of Jesus Christ and hear him say, I never knew you. And that's when the excuses come. But I went to church every Sunday. But I sat in this spot. But I, but I lifted my hands during worship. But I, I tithe. I never knew you. All right? So to have that Faith that grows strong in truth and have an overflowing of thankfulness, we have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Many of us were scared into getting saved at one time. Oh, shoot, I don't want to go to hell. What do I got to do? All right, Jesus, uh, forgive me of my sins. He's not just Savior, though. He's Lord. Listen, Romans 10, 9 and 10, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord. And what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly, church, can you say publicly? There's no such thing as a closet Christian. This life must be lived publicly, all right? So that means that when they're telling the dirty jokes at work, we're not, oh, that was a good one, Frank. No, we stand out, okay? Publicly. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of the righteousness of God, and then the mouth gives thanks for salvation. So to be saved is not just to have your sins forgiven. To be saved is not just the taking away of sin, but the gift of righteousness inside of you. So if you've been born again, you sit here just as righteous as Jesus Christ. Does that blow your mind? Yeah, it blows my mind, okay? My faith will grow strong in truth, and I will overflow with thankfulness. So once we receive Jesus Christ, we're able to do this. Say this with me. My faith will grow strong in truth, and I will overflow with thankfulness. All right, the second thing we're going to learn is continuing to follow the Lord. So if we want our faith to grow strong in truth, and we want to overflow with thankfulness, we must not only accept Jesus Christ as Lord, and we did that in our bedrooms, we did that Drive me a car. We did that on the, at the altar of a church. I don't know where you accepted Jesus Christ, but it doesn't stop there. We must continue to follow him. We're in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 27. And it says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me. Let me, let me just pause for a second here. Do you all understand how blessed you are to be in this church or to be watching online and hearing this truth? 
So many do not have access to this truth that you're receiving right now. So I pray that you take it in and become one with this truth that you're hearing. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own. As you continually surrender to my ways. What is, and this is the Passion Translation. And I thought it was beautiful the way that it was worded here. So to carry our crosses means that uh, this. I thought about this this week. Uh, many of us wear crosses. Okay, but what if we wore electric chairs? Or what if we wore guillotines? Uh, you know, and I thought, you know what? That might be a little bit more accurate for us to help us understand that that cross isn't pretty. I know they dip them in gold now and they put diamonds on them and stuff like that. But if it wasn't for a bloodstained cross, we would be lost, right? So the cross is not just this beautiful symbol of Christianity. The cross is a symbol of death. Somebody had to die on that thing. Somebody had to bleed. Like Jesus, do you really believe Jesus died for real on the cross? I know we're on the other side of the cross, and it's glorious now, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was struggling for a minute about what he had to do for us on that cross. Why? Because he was innocent. Now, if Byron Selden, okay, committed a crime that would land him in prison for the rest of his life, and I know they're debating whether or not to take away the death penalty in Ohio or not, but he's scheduled for death tomorrow. Sorry, it was a speedy trial. Sorry, you found guilty. All right, and you're sentenced to die tomorrow. Come and sit on the hot seat in the front row there. So Byron Selden found guilty of a crime. Jury finds him guilty. The... Judge sentenced him, sentenced him to death today, all in one day. All right? So, he's sitting in the electric chair right now. All right? Everything is hooked up. All they have to do is throw the switch. He's the one that committed the crime. He's the one that was found guilty. He's the one that has to pay the wage for the crime that he has committed. But then... Love walks into the room and says, Byron, get up. Byron, do you, my name is Jesus, and I'm willing to die for what you did. And all you have to do is believe on me and follow me. Are you willing to do that? Yes. Now, see, Byron just said, yes. But I think he would have been more like, Yes! <laughs> He said, this is truth. You mean to tell me that I'm the one that did it and you're going to sit in a chair for me? Yes. So love moves him out of the way. An innocent man sits down in the chair, is shackled to the chair, and even while he's in the chair, people around him are saying, if you're really the son of God, why don't you just get out of that chair? If you really have got power, why don't you just, you know, show us, show us who you really are. And Jesus, he didn't say it out loud, but he's thinking, three days. I'll show you who I am in three days. So he sat in the chair for us. Let's give Byron a hand. (laughs) 
The cross is an instrument of death. So I want to read this to you again. If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my way. Say this with me. I must continually surrender to his ways. That's the power of the cross that he's called you to pick up every day and deny yourself. Self will say, I want to do this. But he will say, I want you to do this. And it's upon that cross that you die and say, it's not about me anymore. I want to continually surrender my ways to him. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. For, all, for those of you that have been saved for a while, does it keep getting better and better? Oh, man, maybe I should close the church. Has your relationship with Jesus grown better and better every year? Has he failed you yet? Is he still good? Is he still faithful? Are you still eating? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have clothes? Has he healed you? Has he kept you safe? Has he guarded your life? Does he love you? Does he forsake you? Every year, that's why I shook my head no. I don't, I don't want a trick question in there, so I tried to give you a hint because I was saying it too fast. We had a lot of yeses going. But he never forsakes us. It gets better and better every year. Listen, but if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For even if you were to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? It has been decreed that I, the Son of Man, will one day return with my messengers and in the splendor and majesty of my Father, and then I will reward each person according to what they have done. Say this with me, church. My faith will grow strong in truth, and I will overflow with thankfulness. Frankie, can you come here for a minute, and can you move this more over there for me, please? Something that Jesus, uh, through the Holy Spirit, has been teaching me, thank you, brother, uh, is this illustration that I want to show you right now. Don, can you come here for a minute, please? The power of the cross. So, Don, I want you to face that way and just put your arms out, just like you're on a cross, okay? So, the power of the cross. Now, what we don't understand sometimes is this, is that there truly is only one way to God. And it's through his son, Jesus Christ. There's one way to heaven. There's just one way to the Father, and that way is through his Son, Jesus Christ. And it's a door. See, Jesus Christ is a door. He said, I am the door, all right? He is the way. He is the truth and the life. And the entrance to the Father is through the cross. 
So the only way that I can fit myself into God's kingdom is through a passage that looks just like this. So imagine if the front door of your house looked like this, looked like a cross. And the only way that you could walk through it is like this. So everything outside of the cross doesn't fit. So listen, in this suitcase is my life. It's my will, my dreams, my desire, my money, my way. It's everything that I want. It's my sins. It's my attitude. It's just everything about me is here in this case. And if I want to take this in with me through Jesus Christ, if I really want to be his disciple, it won't fit. I've got to let go of something in order to surrender. I've got to surrender it all my whole life so that I can fit through this way, okay? So that I can fit through the cross. You see, sometimes I have some anger issues, but they're mine, okay? Sometimes I have some, 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 some things, some, some desires I don't want to have, all right? Sometimes I look back. Lot's wife looked back, didn't she? She had salvation, but the angel said, don't you look back. Don't look back at where I brought you from. But church, we're guilty sometimes, aren't we? We kind of look back. There's nothing back there, but sometimes we still look back and we grab a hold of what is old and what, what is old will not fit into what is new. For the word of God says that if any man be in Christ, you see, I can't be in Christ with all this garbage. I can't be in Christ with all this baggage. It just won't fit on the other side. But when I am willing to surrender it and pick up my cross and follow him, then I fit into his kingdom and then I become one with him. Then I am influenced by the Holy Spirit now because I have left my life behind. But here's what saddens me about you and about me as well. You see, only when I surrender my life to Jesus Christ and fit through that cross doorway, only when I've seen that he picked up his cross and died and now he's calling me to pick it up, that's what gives me access to his face. That's what puts me on the other side of him. See, this is the spiritual life over here. You see, the old Damien with all my garbage and all my sin has been paid for by his death on the cross. But if I want access to it, if I want access to what his cross has done, I've got to come by way of my cross. He said, if you want to be my followers, you must pick up your cross and follow me. You see, Jesus left some things behind to come and die on the cross. He was equal to God, and it was not robbery for him to consider himself so, but yet he came down here in this musty, dusty flesh to become one of us, to take upon himself, arms getting tired, are you good? To take upon himself all of our sins, all of our baggage. He took it all. So just imagine him being surrounded with all of our sins and all of our garbage. But the only way to get to the other side is that we leave it behind. And how ugly is it for me to be in Christ? to have a relationship with Christ, to be hugging him and loving him with this hand, but still reaching back for the world with this hand. 
church, we can't be, you can rest for one second, but we can't be hybrids. We can't be half in and half out. Maybe this is a better picture. Can you lift those hands again, your arms again? Half in and half out. I promise you, this is how to hear him say, I never knew you. But, 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 but God, I never knew you. Do you know why? Because to know Christ, we can only fit, only that which survives the cross belongs to him. Only when you have picked up your cross, denied yourself, and followed him. Followed him where? The first place we follow him is to the cross. And say, God, I repent of my sins. I want to share in your death so that I might now share in your life as well. So once I have rejected the old life, and now my life has become spiritual, now I'm one with Christ. Do you understand that? This is what it means to be a real Christian is that you have picked up your cross, you've denied your old, all that, oh, there's nothing. See, listen, that represents my old nature. And the Bible says that there is no good thing in the flesh. No good thing is in that suitcase. I got some memories in there. I got some stuff that can make me feel good for a minute, but afterwards I just feel terrible because I let God down. And in there is my self-control. In there I'm in control. And every once in a while I know I've got this relationship with Christ, but sometimes, Lord, you take too long. So I try to go back to my old life and I try to look and see, well, maybe I can figure out a solution on my own. But then we end up in trouble don't we? And we have to say, Lord, forgive me. I've sinned. There's nothing better than you. I want fellowship with you. On this side, we are spiritual. On that side, we are carnal. We are fleshly. We are sinful. On this side, we follow. On that side, we lead. If we want to be followers of Christ, we have to be led by him. And here's the thing that troubles me about me and should trouble you about you. It seems like the vast majority of the time, we are not following, but we are leading. We are leading. Because to follow means that he's, he's, excuse me, he's Lord. He's giving me my instructions. He's saying, Damien, come here. Damien, do this, do that. But the vast majority of the time, listen, and I'm going to tell on me, and I'm going to step on some toes in here, but that's okay if it brings us deliverance, right? Let's look at the last 24 hours of our lives. How much of it were we leading and how much of it was he leading? How much of it were we doing what we wanted to do and how much of it was him leading us to what he wanted to do? I have never, man, I'm about to tell him myself, I have never heard the Lord say, Damien, get on Facebook. Damien, watch five episodes on Netflix. Damien, look over there. Look at that nice car. Don't you wish you had their car? You deserve that car better than them. 
never. So listen, church, listen. When you have the cross, you are a follower. You have died to your old life. It's not your old life and Christ. You see what I'm saying? This is not the picture of a Christian. I get to do what I want to do sometimes, but God, you got my back right. You're still there if I need you, right, God? I'm doing what I need to do and what I want to do, but you're there if I need you, right? Church, we got to get out of that stuff. We got to stop treating God like he's just some, he's just available when we need him instead of him being the primary source of our life. Because the Bible now says, put your hands up now. The beauty of it now, see, you can see, you're always going to be, just use your imagination for a minute. See, you can see me, all right, if I'm not in him. But if I take the form of him, if I put up my, my, if I've surrendered my whole life, okay, and I've picked up my cross to follow him, then we should be one, and you should see me more, I'm sorry, you should see him more than you see me. The cross is the way to Jesus Christ, not just his cross, but the cross that he said that we have to pick up to follow him as well. I can't obey Jesus without a cross. Do you know why? Because if I don't have a cross, my yes is going to be bigger than his no. My I want to do this is going to be bigger than his you shouldn't really be doing that. You shouldn't be watching that. You shouldn't be saying that. But if I have no cross upon which to deny myself, I will continually find myself disappointing him and out of fellowship with him. Let's give Don a hand this morning. The Bible says that we're supposed to be rooted in him and our life built upon him. I'm not going to read it, but it's in the notes, and you can have the notes on the app, okay? John 15 talks about us being the true vine, all right? So our roots grow into him so that we might produce much fruit. Because apart from him, listen, apart from him, we can do nothing. That's why when you're walking around with your own life, and you're trying to make things right, and it seems like nothing is working, it's because nothing will work without him. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. It also talks about building our lives upon him. And Matthew 7, 24 through 27 tells us that a wise man builds his house upon a rock. It tells us not to be captured by human thinking and the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. And listen, I like Facebook and, and all that stuff just more than anybody. But let's be honest, guys. Can we be honest in this room for a minute? The vast majority of that stuff is not Jesus. Can we just keep it real? Now, they might not be cussing and it might not be this and it might not be that. But everything that we find acceptable into our lives does not fit in that doorway of the cross. You hear what I'm saying? Listen. I know this isn't easy preaching, but, 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 but let this encourage you. The Bible says that only a few people find life. And do you know why only a few people find life? 
Because the majority of people still want to hold on to the old stuff. They don't want to be lost, okay? They don't want to be lost, so they do, they do claim Jesus Christ as Savior. But until you let go of everything and follow him, he's not Lord. He's the one that tells us what to do. He's the one that leads us and guides us. Amen? Let's stand to our feet this morning. I thought it was so beautiful the way that Galatians 2.20 is represented in the Passion Translation. It says this, my old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah. That means that just as he was nailed to the cross, so has my old identity been nailed to that cross as well. And church, the reason I'm preaching about this this morning is because we are into the part of uh, the series where we talk about what God has purposed us to do through Christ. But we can't do that. We don't have the power to do those things unless we go the way of the cross. You have to deny yourself. You have to admit that inside of you is no good thing. You have to admit at that, that the, your heart, absent from God, is anti-Christ. It's against God. Your mind, apart from Christ, is anti-God. It does what it wants to do when it wants to do it. Without the cross, there is no denial of self. The way that Jesus finds himself in our lives is when we love him. He says, if you love me, me and the Father will make our home in you. What's the love he's looking for? He's looking for the same love he showed us. What was his love? He died for us. What does he want us to do? Die for him. Does that always mean a physical death? No. It just means this. I am willing to die and be separated from my sinful life. All that I desired, all that I wanted, that does not fit your plan for me. As long as I have this old life, it belongs to me. And no matter how much gold or diamonds or bitcoins or stocks I can fit in this suitcase in this life, the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the entire world and lose his soul? It's not worth it. Give your life to Jesus. Maybe you don't see your life for what it really is. It's sinful. It's dirty. It's, it's tattered. It really isn't worth much to, but, but just a few people. And even the people that love you can't save you. Mom can't save my soul. My wife can't save my soul. There's only one that can save my soul. And he said, if I want to follow him and end up where he is, I've got to be willing to let go of my old life, to pick up a cross every day, daily, deny myself and follow him. Church, how do we follow him? By obeying his commands. Father,
Father, I pray for those that have heard this message today. Many of us are straddling the fence. Many of us are lukewarm. Many of us come to church, but you don't live inside of us full time. Sometimes, God, you just have weekend visitation. And that's not what you're asking for. You're asking for our whole lives. If it doesn't fit in that cross way, if it doesn't fit the outline of the cross, it doesn't belong to God. God, may we be forever done with our sinful nature. May we see our sinful nature hanging upon the cross that you died to save us. And may we have access to life and life more abundantly because of what you've done for us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.